Welcome back to another edition of the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. This is Jonathan and Sean here with you, and we are going to break down the American. Uh, you know, thanks thanks again to all those who have left reviews. Uh, I think I forgot to mention uh, KSU Wildcard or Wildcats fifteen, twelve, sixteen. Uh, they left the Big Twelve review last week. Uh, Royal fan left. Uh, a AAC review, so uh, we're going to get into the AAC because we, we got to do what the reviewers say. If you want your voices heard, leave the five-star review, leave a comment which conference you want us to break down, and we will break down that conference. So, Sean, uh, it's AAC time. Yeah, the AAC is an interesting conference. I mean, just look at last year. The, there was a point where we are like, is this going to be a one-bid league? But Houston was able to, of course, be in, right? That was the obvious one. And then Wichita State ended up making the tournament also as one of the last four in. Memphis was on the bubble. But it was a disappointing season for Cincinnati, who ended up firing John Brannon for some, you know, definitely not good things he did uh, outside of the basketball court, I guess, or maybe on the basketball court. Uh, But, yeah, John Brannon got fired. And then they hired Wes Miller. So that's definitely a step in the right direction. UCF, they had a down year last year, too, even though they beat Florida State on the road. One of the more intriguing results of last year that ended up not really meaning anything. And uh, SMU was disappointing once again last year. So it, it was definitely a down year for the AAC. And this is really a big year for them as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Houston, of course, going to the Final Four. I mean, you, you can't take that away from them. Uh, it was also kind of the easiest run to the Final Four. Uh, I'll say that. So Houston didn't. That I think their toughest game the entire season, with the exception of the Baylor game, their toughest win was against Texas Tech. So, uh, but you know, you you move on. That's a great on. game, though. Yeah, it was a good like early season matchup. Uh, yeah, but I mean, beating up on the American and then. Their tournament games were against Rutgers, Syracuse, Oregon State to get to the Final Four, as well as Cleveland State. But, uh, I mean, you could you could argue their toughest game of the season was uh, against Memphis. And certainly Memphis now comes into the season probably as the favorite uh, in this league now that they have Imani Bates, Jalen Duran, uh, just two fantastic recruits to add on to a kind of already team that you'll, I know you, I think had them at number one prior to those two committing. Uh, Now they're number one for basically everyone. Yeah, I definitely did have Memphis ahead of Houston uh, before Amani base and Jalen Dern committed. And that was just because I loved what I saw in the NIT last year. Obviously you lose Boogie Ellis, you'll lose DJ Jeffries you lose Damian Ball from that run. But at the same time, it just, I haven't uh, – Musa Cisse also. But I haven't seen a complete offense like that from Memphis in a number of years. They were able to make much better shots. They took much better shots, which was a huge if- issue for them. They're turning the ball over less. And they just looked like a more complete offensive unit. And, of course, with their run-and-jump trapping style of defense, they're going to be tough on that side of the floor no matter what. But I just love DeAndre Williams. 
Landers, Nolly, and Lester Quinones. And for me, that was really why I was like, okay, this team is the team to beat in the conference. They're experienced now. That was the issue with Memphis a few years back when they had James Wiseman, Precious Achua, Lester Quinones, and all those other freshmen. They had eight true freshmen this year. They only have a number of true freshmen that will play actual roles on the team. And I think that they're going to be a much better team. They're going to be more experienced. They need to turn the ball over less. They need to make more free throws. But there's no question there's talent on the team. The big question, of course, is who's going to be the point guard of the team? Who's going to handle the ball late in games? Is it going to be Imani Bates? Is it going to be Alex Lomax, Earl Timberlake, Lester Quinones? Who's going to be the ball handler when it matters? But there's no question that the talent on the team is better than any other team in the conference. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you just kind of look at this rotation. You kick. Obviously, I think Imani Bates is the guy they're going to probably have run the point. But I mean, you have it will kind of probably be a little bit of point guard committee. Uh, they'll have Bates run it, probably have a starting lineup of Imani Bates, Lester Quinones, Landers Nolly, DeAndre Williams, Jalen Duran. They'll obviously bring Alex Lomax. You have Earl Tamberlake come off the bench. You can have them run the point. You can have I mean, you could have Lester Quinones run the point. So I, I you know, I, I know Amai Bates isn't necessarily a true point guard, but I, I don't think it will ultimately matter that much when you have as much shooting and scoring on the team. The real key is just limit the turnovers because you don't necessarily have to. Like Memphis can play a lot of iso ball, like in you'll still be fine to win games. They just have enough talent on the court. They shouldn't though. Yeah, they shouldn't, you know, they, they should move the ball around and all that. But I mean, even if they play ISO ball, like they, they still at a minimum should finish second in the American. They have that Mm -hmm. much talent on the roster and, uh, you know, limiting the turnovers is good. The other thing too, defensively, they are going to be tough. You line up, Jalen Durant, 6'10". DeAndre Williams, 6'9". Amai Bates, 6'8". Uh, Landers Nolly, 6'7". Lester Quinone, 6'5". Earl Timberlake, off the bench, 6'6". I mean, those are long athletic guys. You have Chandler Lawson who can play off the list or the bench. You have Josh Minot. Uh, you know, of course, Alex Lomax, not as long and athletic, but, you know, he, he can get up in guys' faces. So, I mean, you look at this team, they're going to, you know, lock up defensively that's the one thing of the penny hardaway era that they've done really well and especially last season they locked up teams defensively they will continue to do that this season uh, and then the offense you know should be good enough I, I think this team you know they'll they'll probably i don't know their non-conference schedule by heart uh i'm not they one play virginia the, tech easy win mm, i wouldn't say that they might they might lose that game. The, no, I th- I think they'll win. They play they yeah. here's here's one where I'm like okay this this will be a tough game. They play Murray State. That's not an easy game. Yeah, it's a I mean, bye game, but it's not an easy game. Yeah, they will lose a few games uh, throughout the season. Like I would say maybe they go probably a 31 game schedule i bet they go like 27 and 4 like that would be my guess because it 27 and 4 that, that's lofty expectations i'm <clears throat> i mean i have them like top seven in the country right now but 27 yeah. and 4 that that's like 
they would be like probably second in the country if they went twenty-seven and four. Well, here here's the thinking. They, the, I think they lose like two games early in the season. I don't know against who, and then they'll go probably like sixteen or eighteen and two in conference play because the Americans, like other than Houston, Wichita State, like I think they beat take care of all these other teams in the American because the American I don't think is that deep and not that good either. I don't know. The Amer- I mean, we'll get into it, obviously, but the American is better than it was last year. I have no doubt. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. But even then, like, I still think Memphis is just going to be able to overwhelm teams with their talent. And once you get past you, like, once you get to the Temple, Tulsa, Tulane, South Florida, e- ECU, I mean, those are, win. yeah, those are easy wins. So but you can't just walk in. You just can't expect to just go into uh, Coke Arena in, in Wichita and be able to get an easy win. Yeah, they they that, will have a couple tough games, but I think they lose two conference games. Yeah, probably. I mean, in this conference too, I could see, but like if they go at Cincinnati and lose, it wouldn't surprise me if that was like yeah. the third loss they have, and then they lose, you know. Problem at Houston, they lose at Cincinnati, they lose at Wichita. None of those would surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I think they split against Houston and then lose. I'll say at Wichita. They'll be my two losses I pick out for them. I think they'll lose at Cincinnati too. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, but. I mean, Memphis is going to be very good. They have the depth that you uh, And, yeah, you, the good thing about depth is if you have an injury here or there, let's say Landers Nolly, you know, has to miss a couple games. I mean, Earl Timberlake can come right in and might even be better than Landers Nolly because I, I do like Earl Timberlake to be very good this season. Yeah, and, and that's part of the thing about this Memphis team, like, I don't know who their leading scorer is going to be. I honestly would probably bet on it being DeAndre Williams. Like, I just feel like he's going to end up scoring, like, 14 a game. But if, like, Amani Bates is, like, 12 a game, Nolly is 10 a game, Kenyonis is 8 a game, uh, Timberlake is 6 a game, Duran is 8 a game. Like, none of that would surprise me. If they have, like, 9 guys or 10 guys averaging, like, 7 or 8-plus points per game, and their leading score is 13 or 14 points per game in the – in the same style of Florida State, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It, it'll kind of be, I could see it like being one of those situations where it's like one person drops 25 a night and it's like a different person that does that. But in yeah, the end, I think Amani will lead the team in scoring just because he'll have the ball in his hand more than anyone. Probably, but I think we all know Amani Bates can score. Like, we want to see Amani Bates pass. Like, that, that's what we want to see. We want to see if he could be a true 6'8 point guard. Yeah. If he can, that's, they're going to be really tough. As is, they're already pretty tough to beat. Absolutely. Uh, next team here, it is the Houston Cougars. Obviously, they go to Final Four last year. Uh, didn't necessarily have the toughest road, as said, but you just got to play who's in front of you. They played exactly. who was in front of them 
Uh, ultimately, they lost to the eventual national champion Baylor Bears in uh, blowout fashion. But uh, this team, they returned Marcus Sasser, who uh, was certainly very good as a scorer. He's going to be very good this season. They bring back Traymond Mark. They add in Kyler Edwards. They have the you know offensive rebounding you know front court. Uh, Reggie Chaney, Fabian White, Josh Carlton. Uh, Josh Carlton coming in from UConn. So this is a team that is going to be once again pretty good. Yeah, you know that Kelvin Sampson has really just instilled a great culture at Houston. They're going to continue winning. I mean, you look at the recent, you know, losses of players they've had, whether it's Armani Brooks or Corey Davis, Nate Hinton, who they lost last year. Nate Hinton left last year, very unexpectedly. Nobody expected him to stay in the NBA draft, of course, went undrafted. uh, And he ends up, you know, being a player that could have had them maybe win the national championship, but instead they go to the final four. And this year, you're losing Quentin Grimes. He was a first-round pick to the New York Knicks. You lose Justin Gorham, who was your leading rebounder last season. And you also lose Dejan Giroux, who was just an elite defender uh, in all levels of the game. But who's going to be that guy next year? Is it Marcus Sasser? He shot 33% from deep last year. That's going to have to improve. But Kyler Edwards comes in from Texas Tech, a 3-and-D guy that's was a big factor on a lot of really good Texas Tech teams. He fits the Houston mold perfectly with the amount of offensive rebounds they're going to get. They're going to get second chance opportunities, kick out to the perimeter, and Kyler Edwards is going to be right there for a jumper. One addition, though, that is not getting nearly enough love is Taze Moore from Cal State Bakersfield. 6'5", really athletic, and plays hard on the defensive end. That fits the Kelvin Sampson mold perfectly. He's going to be a sneaky glue guy piece for this Cougars team. Traymond Marks, a guy I'd like to see take a jump, only 24% from deep last year. Obviously had that huge play in the NCAA tournament round of 32 against Rutgers. Got the nice and one. He's long. He can play the two, the three, and even some small ball four if you need him to. I think he's a good player. I could see him being that kind of Nate Hinton guy that averages like seven, eight rebounds per game as a six, five uh, player, but he's going to have to improve on the offensive end a little bit. And then you add, add a freshman with Robbie Armbrester, who I like quite a bit. Uh, But of course it's a lot of what Houston does is schematic. I mean, they play hard. They're going to defend really tough and they're going to get a lot of offensive rebounds. They post trap on the defensive end. And the offensive rebounds, though, is really what creates a lot of opportunities for the team. It's not always about what the first shot looks like. It's about the second shot. And they usually get really good second shots. Yeah. I mean, the the offensive rebounding is why they had as much success as they had. Because, you know, the three-guard look with uh, Grimes, Sasser, Giroux, like, they were good shooters. They weren't, I guess Grimes turned into a pretty elite shooter, but, like, Sasser was an elite shooter. Jarreau certainly was an elite shooter. Uh, and they were certainly inconsistent at times. But when you have Justin Gordon, uh, Fabian White was kind of later in the season. You have Ray, Reggie Chaney, Bryson Gresham, like all just crashing the glass and getting offensive boards and getting third chances and fourth chances. I mean, eventually mm-hmm. that adds up and it, it wears on your opponents especially. So I think the offensive rebounding, you're going to see it stay there. They obviously have Reggie Cheney, Fabian White, uh, you know, Josh Carlton coming over from UConn. I think we'll kind of do the same thing. Uh, so the, the offensive rebounding is going to be there. Uh, the jump shooting is 
going to be there. I think it's going to be a kind of similar team. I think they get a little bit worse, obviously losing Quentin Grimes. Uh, you know, trading Quentin Grimes for Kyler Edwards, essentially, that's uh, losing a little bit of value. Or I guess maybe it's Kyler Edwards for Dejan Jarosa, since Jarosa kind of the point. Kyler Edwards will be the point guard this year. Uh, you know, not too big of a loss, but obviously Tremont Mark is not near the level of Quentin Grimes, especially last season, Quentin Grimes, who uh, could have been an an All-American now that I think back on it. Uh, and then you obviously, Taze Moore is going to be a good piece. They have some freshman guards like Roman Walker, Javier Francis. Uh, Francis is a forward. I mean, those players that, you know, you could see, you know, last year I don't think anyone was, you know, necessarily expecting Tremont Mark to come out and be, you know, the type of role player he was last season. He obviously had a good season. I think the year before was Caleb Mills, who was like a un, you know underrated recruit who was really good as a freshman. Marcus Sasser, same thing. So uh, Houston's good at just finding guards, you know, these freshman guards that are under recruited, underrated, and putting them in place and making them work. I think they'll do kind of the same thing. Uh, and Ramon Walker, I think, could be that type of player this year. Uh, yeah, Houston. I don't think they are a top 10 team. Uh, you know, they might sneak into the top 10. Like, they're going to just kind of play what they are. Uh, I think they'll be at between 10 and 20 in the rankings all year. Uh, I think if Memphis, you know, for whatever reason, doesn't come together or loses a couple games here or there, I think Houston would be the team to win the American if Memphis struggles. But, uh, yeah, Houston's just going to be – they are what they are. Yeah, and that's a great team every year. The last four years, Houston has finished in the top 18 of Ken Palm, and the last two years, they've been top 10. So this is, you know, an elite bunch that Kelvin Sampson's assembled. It doesn't really matter who's on the team, and that that sounds, like, uh, rude to say, probably. And it's not a slight on against any of the players. They have a ton of talent, and that's, you know, another thing that Kelvin Sampson's done. He's brought in a ton of talent, but a lot of what they do is just scheme-based. And, you know, as long as you have shooters and guys who are going to play hard in offensive rebound, you're going to be able to win at Houston. And that's what they have on this team. They're not a top 10 team, but they're a top 15 team. And they're going to make a run in March again if the lineups, if the uh, matchups fall together correctly. Absolutely. Uh, next team up, it is the Wichita State Shockers. Uh they made the NCAA tournament just squeaking in. Might have been the last team in. They were certainly in the first They shouldn't game. have been in, but yeah. The net, the net did not support it. I, Nothing supported it. I don't know how they got it. Uh, um, you you got to put 68 teams in the field somehow. They, they should not have been in over Louisville or Colorado State. Col- See, Louisville, they don't deserve it. Give it to Colorado. Fine, yeah. Colorado State should have been in. But, you know, the Mountain West are like, you know what? Instead of getting, like, potentially Boise State and Colorado State in in addition to Utah State and uh, San Diego State, they could have had four teams. But they were like, you know what? Let's play one extra week of games that got canceled. And let's put our two teams that are right on the bubble. Let's have one play makeup against Fresno State. Oh, wait, Boise State lost that game. They're out. And then Colorado State, yeah, let's play them against Nevada, 
who wasn't, you know, a quadrant one game, but they sure were good enough to beat Colorado State as Grant Sherfield hit the game winning, bu- uh, game winning buzzer beater three from like 30 feet. So, uh, yeah, if the Mountain West didn't do that, Colorado State and Boise State probably would have been in. So, I think Boise still misses, but Colorado losing to Fresno certainly didn't help. Yeah, I think they were still on the out. But anyway, lesson to be learned for the Mountain West. Never do that again. Don't add landmines. They just made the road to the NCAA tournament just infinitely more difficult for no reason. Yeah. Like that. That's just like I couldn't. I like why? Like, even, like, there was just nothing to gain for either of those teams in those games. Nothing. So, it it was just insanity to me. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, anyway, they return Tyson, Etienne, Dexter Dennis, Morris Udizi. Um, They're their four leading scorers. They also return Ricky Council Jr., or the fourth. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of Ricky Councils. Yeah. I, I didn't know who Ricky Council the first, second, or third were, but the fourth is... One of, one of them played at oh. UMBC. Okay. One of his Did siblings. I'm fairly certain that's a thing. I'm pretty sure he... Uh, I'm not making that up. I swear. Let me okay. see here. I believe you. Ricky Council the second played at UMBC. There we go. That That's his sibling. Yeah, they're siblings. Uh, Joe Pleasant... Uh, Comes in from Asbling Christian. They also add in Qua, Qua, uh, Quay Grant. Quay Grant, uh, who will probably take over as the point guard next season. Uh, and kind of move ETN, Dexter Dennis at the kind of off the ball. They have Clarence Jackson. Uh, so I think a kind of solid top seven. Uh, and they're going to probably be the same bubble team they were a season ago. Yeah, they're a bubble team for sure. Isaac Brown did a great job considering the circumstances. Obviously, the Greg Marshall uh, disaster, he just, again, not a very good person. Greg Marshall's not a good person. Uh, That's not really a hot take. He's just not a good dude. And obviously, he deservedly is no longer the coach at Wichita State. Isaac Brown, well-deserved, got a contract uh, to be the full-time head coach at Wichita State after being under the interim tag last year. And taking Wichita to the NCAA tournament, I feel like that's more of the, one of the more underrated storylines of last season. Under all that that program had going against it, Isaac Brown was able to take them to the NCAA tournament. I just think that's an incredible accomplishment. I mean, you just look at what they lost uh, from that year before. You lost Grant Sherfield. You lose Eric Stevenson. You lose Asborn Mitgard, who ended up being one of the best players on an NCAA tournament team at Grand Canyon. And you lost several other key contributors. From last year's team, you lose Altery Gilbert. Uh, you get a better player with Quay Grant, so I think that's fine. Uh, you lose Trey Wade, who's a really good defender. That one will hurt a little bit. But, you know, Quay Grant and Tyson Etienne, there is not a better guard duo in this conference than that one uh, because Quay Grant is able to score off the dribble. He's really good as an ISO player, as is Tyson Etienne. Both can go get buckets late in the game. Both can facilitate. Those are two guys that are true point guards. And they'll be able to play next to each other. So, you know, one thing you got to think about here, it's like in a football sense, I guess, like 
like when you have a former quarterback on the field and he's playing as a receiver or something, he, he'll always see those intricacies of certain defenses. And it's the same thing in basketball, you know, they'll see certain things off the ball and they'll be able to, you know, make some plays off the ball, set themselves up for better shots. And I think that'll complement each other really well for Quay Grant and Tyson Etienne. They'll probably split time at the point guard spot. Etienne shot 40% from deep last year. Grant, uh, I believe also shot about 40% for West Texas A&M last year at the Division II level. I'm just excited to see how that guard dynamic plays out. I think it'll work really well. And then you have pieces around them like Dexter Dennis and Morsi Deze. Uh, you add Kenny Poto, who uh, is a 6'10 freshman. He's able to shoot the ball from deep. Joe, Joe Pleasant, who knocked down those two free throws and knock off Texas in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Ricky Council had a very solid year last year. So this Wichita State team, it's not the deepest team by any means, but I am very much in on the guard duo of Quay Grant and Tyson Etienne, and that's why I have them third. Yeah, I, I think they, they're they like a pretty clear third because like you still have question marks with Cincinnati, SMU, uh, UCF, uh, the entire rest of the league after UCF. But uh yeah, with Wichita State, I think you you know what you have in Tyson and He is a, a very good basketball player, good scorer, uh, you know, solid shooter as well. And you know, he's just he's just very good at putting the ball in the hoop, which is exactly what you need. Uh, Quay Grant, I think, probably plays the point because it worked well last year when they had Alteric Gilbert playing the point, and Quay Quay Grant, I think, will kind of take that Alteric. Gilbert type role. Dexter Dennis will, of course, start for them. Uh, Morris Udazi is certainly very good inside. And I guess Joe Pleasant probably takes the uh, starting spot from Trey Wade, although I, I yeah. can see it being Ricky Council, the fourth as well. Uh, yeah. So, speaking so I, I speaking think, of Altery Gilbert, by the way, uh, even though that shot almost went down against Drake, he could have had a much better shot. Yeah. But. Uh, he got the shot he did. And... By the way, that, that game sucked. I mean, that, that might be the worst game of the tournament. That game was terrible. There's got to be worse. I like mean, it, probably. It was a but fun suck. No, it wasn't, though. Like, it, it, nobody made shots. So, like, it was it was a rather disappointing game. Yeah. But, I mean, Wichita State, I think they'll be right around the bubble. And... Uh, if they can, I guess, if they could beat both Memphis and Houston at home while taking care of business in the non-con, not losing any bad games. I mean, they can they can make the tournament. Yeah, definitely. I, I think right now, if I was a bracketologist, they'd be in the tournament for me. Yeah, I think they're maybe out. And but they'll find their way. Yeah. Oh, they're in. They're okay, in. see, they're in. 11 so, right on the bottle. There we go. Uh, next team up, it is Cincinnati. They now have Wes Miller. John Brannon deserved to get fired um, and yeah. uh, thankfully did get fired. Uh, kind of a, somewhat of a rebuilding uh, year, but they, they also bring in – they have some you know nice, experienced players. They have David DeJulius, Jeremiah Davenport, uh, Micah um, Woods. They bring in Abdul Adu from Mississippi State. They have Odi Uguama. They have bring in John Newman, Hayden Koval, 
Uh, Mike Saunders uh, can kind of run some point a little bit as well. I don't think this team has NCAA tournament level talent, uh, but answering Tristan's question from uh, yesterday, I think they're the most likely at large threat of the trio of SMU, Tulsa, and Cincinnati. Yeah, I agree for sure. I think SMU is a more talented team, but Wes Miller is going to bring the style that Cincinnati fans have been longing to see the past two years after Mick Cronin left for UCLA. They want to see that hard-nosed toughness on defense, and that's exactly what Wes Miller brings to the table. Each of the last four seasons, his defenses have been top 100 in Ken Palm, obviously at UNC Greensboro. That, that, that's really impressive. I mean, they're 26 in defensive efficiency two years ago, but they really struggled shooting the ball the last two years. 29% from deep last year, 31 the year before, 62% from the foul line two years ago. But this year they have much better shooters on the roster, and obviously Cincinnati is a big step up from UNC Greensboro. You get Jeremiah Davenport, 6'7", can really shoot the ball from outside. He's going to be a big piece. Uh, David DeJulius, he's a really smooth point guard. He spent some solid years at Michigan. And then you have a guy like Micah, Micah Adams-Woods. Uh, you you add, see, this is what Wes Miller did last year at UNCG. He rotated about four big men in and out, and he added a lot of big men on this team with Abdullah Duhayd and Koval, Odio Guama, and then Jarrett Hensley, who came with him from UNC Greensboro. See, he's going to rotate them in and out also. He'll have that four-man, big-man rotation. They'll probably all play about 15 to 20 minutes, and they all do a little bit of something different. Adu plays tough defense. Oguama's athletic. Koval can shoot and block shots, and Hensley also can shoot a little bit. And, you know, a guy like Mason Madsen coming back, he's a good shooter. A.J. McKinnis, who came with him from UNC Greensboro also, he can shoot the ball from deep. John Newman, he's a really good athlete that just never got going at Clemson. He showed a lot of flashes but never took that next step. I think there's definitely talent on this team to where they can be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, And also Mike Saunders, one of the speediest players in college basketball. I think he's poised for a big jump. But this team could be an NCAA tournament-level team. And if there's one coach not named Kelvin Sampson that I'm betting on in this conference the most, just as like a pure great coach that could get his team to the tournament, it's Wes Miller. Yeah, I agree. Wes Miller is uh, he's the real deal. He's a very good head coach. Uh, I don't know. I I would say it's close between him and like Penny Hardaway is just going to recruit better players. So he's on court though. Have more. Yeah. On the core, I think Wes Miller is probably number two in this league, though, behind, like, Kelvin Sampson, I think, is the best, like, basketball coach. But Wes Miller probably is number two. Is uh, there five better coaches in the country than Kelvin Sampson at the moment? Uh, I don't think so. Probably. I don't think so. On the court, there's I don't know if there's five better coaches. I, I'll say this, like, Kelvin gets the best out of his players, so. I just think the, uh, you know, every year, I feel like we're all kind of, like last year, I wasn't very in on Houston. I'm just like, ah, you know, they they lost Nate Hinton. That's going to be a big loss. It ends up not mattering. That That's yeah. kind of what Houston's able to do every year. And year in, year out, we're just like, okay, well, they lose this guy. They're definitely going to take that setback this year. But it just never happens. They're always really good. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, Kelvin Sampson's very good. But, I mean, Wes Miller, I think he's got 
a good rotation here at Cincinnati. Uh, Jeremiah Davenport is, I think, going to be a very good player. They have DeJulius, Mike Adams, Woods. Uh, I like that kind of backcourt combination. You can you know play Mason Madsen, John Newman, minutes at the three, maybe play Davenport at the four. Uh, you could play Davenport at the three. Mm-hmm. You can have mix that up a little bit. Uh, you, I guess, theoretically could, if you wanted to, just have a giant lineup with Davenport at the three. You could have like a Du and Oguama or Hayden Koval. Probably don't play a Du or Hayden Koval together, but uh, no, I, I, if I would, I would do that because Koval can shoot. So you have a defender and a shooter. Okay, I. I can get behind it. It's yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what Wes Miller ultimately does with his like rotations. But I don't think this team has. Yeah, I think they're like a like I'd put Memphis, Houston, like tier one of this league. I think Wichita State's like a tier above Cincinnati, but I think Cincinnati's the best of like the four, five, six of them, SMU and uh, UCF. Yeah, I would have it tier one, Memphis and Houston, tier two, uh, I would put Wichita and Cincinnati together. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think they're closer to SMU, though, to Wichita. That's just my thoughts, though. No, yeah, they're all kind of close at this point. Yeah. Um, I guess let's, should we get into SMU? They have Kendrick Davis, who is uh, very good at basketball. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, He was was one of the players I was considering for player of the year. Uh, We'll dive into that a little bit later. But, yeah, he's he's an awesome basketball player. They bring in the Weathers brothers, Marcus and Michael Weathers. They have Emmanuel Bamboo Dell. They have Isaiah Jassy. They bring in... Uh, Tristan Clark, which if he can play, would be absolutely huge. Uh, so, I mean, they they have a great collection of guards. In, if Tristan Clark can perform, I mean, maybe have some NCAA tournament level upside. Yeah, there's definitely talent on this team. Like you said, the Weathers brothers, uh, one comes in from Duquesne. Uh, Michael comes in from Duquesne and Mark. No, I definitely said that wrong. Michael comes in from Texas Southern and Marcus comes in from Duquesne. Uh, Emmanuel Bandumel had a good year last year. Zach Nuttall shot almost 40% from deep. He was a Southland player of the year for Sam Houston State. Uh, he'll compliment Kendrick Davis very well next to him uh, on the perimeter. Bandumel can shoot the ball. That's a, that's a question for me with this team, though. There's just not a ton of shooting besides Bandumel and Nuttall. Davis can shoot the ball, but he's not a high-volume shooter from deep. So that's definitely something I don't love about this team. And then you look at Tristan Clark. I'm If we're betting on SMU being a tournament team, I feel like we're putting a lot of stock into Tristan Clark. And look, I like Tristan Clark a lot as a talent. Uh, you look at what he did in 2018-2019, 14 a game, 6 rebounds, 2.4 blocks, and shot 73% from the field in 14 games. But he also hasn't really played in, like, two calendar years. So that's a long time ago at this point. I mean, that's almost, what, like three seasons ago? So that that's not recently. And the last time he played, which was in 2019-2020, for a portion of that year, he had four points per game and two rebounds per game. His injuries really hampered what could have been a promising career for Tristan Clark. He did medically retire last year. 
but he decided to come back and get a fresh start back home in Texas, or I guess Baylor's also in Texas, but uh, he's back. He's back at SM. He's at SMU now, and I think this team is talented, but it's not even the most talented SMU squad we've seen recently. I mean, you look at the team of a few years ago with Isaiah Mike and Ferran Hunt. How did that team not make the NCAA tournament? Uh, Tyson Jolly on that team too with Kendra Davis. The fact that that team couldn't make the NCAA tournament doesn't give me much hope for this team making the NCAA tournament. I mean, even this past season, they had Davis, they had Ferran Hunt, Bam Duell, Tyson Jolly, Ethan Shagwell. Though, to be fair. Yeah, for but I mean, the they, they weren't even, like, close. Like, no, he, no. It didn't matter if Jolly was healthy. Yornay as well. Like, I forgot Yornay was on SMU, honestly. Yeah. The issues. Not the talent on the team. I think the issue is Tim Jankovic just isn't a very good basketball coach. Uh, he's going to recruit enough players to kind of be competitive in this league. Like, they'll probably finish fifth or sixth in this league. Uh, they, they just, they don't, you know, they don't have that, like, tournament level, you know, like, they're not overwhelming talent-wise to where, like, you can bet on them making the tournament. And Tim Jankovic is not a coach who's, you know, consistently lifted up his teams into being a tournament-level team. If Tristan Clark can be what he was in uh, 2018-19 before uh, having the ACL injury, I mean, then you can maybe say, okay, that that's a very good team. But the last I saw of Tristan Clark, he was – getting you know dunked on by Oscar Shibway and Yudoka Azabuki like th- those are the last two memories I have of Tristan Clark so uh not exactly the most promising things uh and he'll probably get dunked on by Jalen Durant this year uh, that's just going to be how it goes yeah. but uh, I-, I like the guard tandem uh you know you you could argue they they have some of the best guards you know in this American like you could say I think Wichita maybe has a better guard tandem. I think Houston maybe does, but like Kendrick Davis, Marcus Weathers, Emmanuel Bamudel, like Michael Weather, like talk about very good guards. It's just I, the front court I have questions with, and I, you know, I just don't think this is a determined team. I think you know NIT is probably a if they make the NIT it should be considered like a moderate success of a season. But yeah, I just don't see NCAA tournament with this team. Yeah. And to be fair to SMU last year, they did only play 17 games. So obviously COVID did play a big factor on them. And two of those games, one was the, the, in the NIT and one was in the conference tournament. So they only played 15 regular season games and they didn't play for a month between February and March. But you look at 2019, 2020, that was a really good team. They finished 28th in offensive efficiency on Ken Palm. They finished 88th in overall Ken Palm ranking, though, because they were 202nd in defensive efficiency. That's a Not problem. Good. Yeah, that's a problem. It was much better last year, but their offense wasn't as good last year. So uh, let's find, like, a happy medium somewhere in there. I think it'll go back to what it was two years. Like, they'll be great offensively and terrible defensively. That's my yeah. I, I I could see. I I think they'll be like fifty in offensive efficiency again, and probably like seventy five to a hundred range in defense. I I just don't see this as a tournament team. Yeah. Nor nor do I. Uh, UCF I also do not see as a tournament team, but 
hey, they have some talent. They bring back Darius Perry, Brandon Mahan, uh, Darian Green, Isaiah Adams, uh, Dre Fuller Jr. Uh, that is, I believe, the four of their top five scores, and then add in C.J. Walker, who's an athletic beast. Uh, so, I mean, they, they return pretty much everyone from a season ago, but they weren't necessarily that great a season ago. They were 11-12, mediocre in the American, 8-10 and 10 in the American. So, uh, while they do return pretty much everyone, they bring in Sheik, Maybach, Jiang. Uh, I just, I don't see the upside here with this team. Yeah, I agree with you for sure. I do think there is solid upside, but again, like, this is a borderline tournament team at best. You're not going to be safe in the tournament by any means at any point. Darius Perry was awesome coming in from Louisville. I didn't expect him to be the kind of player he was. Uh, Brandon Mahan was good. He had a 30-point outing against Florida State, but didn't keep that up throughout the season, which was a problem for UCF. Like you said, Chek Mabake Zhang. I believe it's pronounced from UNLV. He's a double-double threat every night. Tyam Freeman was, is one of the top JUCO recruits from Indian Hills uh, Community College. He was a top 150 recruit coming in to the college ranks, and he started his career at Missouri State but dealt with injuries, which led him going to the JUCO route. Isaiah Adams had a very solid freshman season. Tony Johnson could be a high upside guard off the bench. There's definitely talent on this team, but I, I think they'll be improved. I just don't think they're a tournament team like – you know, I think they can definitely win some games. Maybe they'll give, like, Memphis a scare. But overall, I, ju- I just don't see them as a tournament-level team. I mean, you look at when they made the tournament a few years ago, 2018-2019. They were good, I mean, but they also weren't even great that year. So it's just, like, it- it's tough. I think they're a top 75 team in the country, but not, like, a top 50 team, you know? Yeah, I- I'm right there with you. I think UCF, they're, like, Clearly better than the rest of the teams that we'll talk about in the American coming up shortly. Like Darius Perry's a good player. I think he is a kind of good fit at UCF where he's not, you know, no offense to Louisville. It, they have some higher expectation and uh, UCF, I think going down a level was definitely good for him. Brian Mayhem can just shoot the crap out of the basketball. Like he's, you look at that jump sh- shot, that's what you want uh, to teach your kids how to shoot a basketball. Like, uh, I mean, Isaiah Adams, Darian De- uh, Green, like that. that's, you know, two really good shooters. Like the shooting is there. Uh, C.J. Walker is certainly, I mean, there may be no player that jumps out of the gym better than C.J. Walker. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, a starting lineup of Perry, Darian Green, uh, Brian Mahan, Isaiah Adams, C.J. Walker is certainly very good. You bring Jerry Fuller off the bench. Uh, you can have Chick Me back, Jiang come off the bench. Like that's that's a very good starting seven. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of getting a little bit more bought into UCF. I still don't see NCAA tournament. Uh, but if you told me, hey, they're they're on the bubble with two weeks left and then they fade. Uh, late and lose to like Houston or Cincinnati or someone like that down the stretch uh, to miss the tournament. Like I could see that happening. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Next team. uh, This was where our first uh, difference uh, came. I had Tulsa at seven. You had Tulsa at nine. Uh, I had Temple at eight. You had Temple at seven. So Temple ends up being our next team here. But 
why why do you love Temple? What let's just start there. I wouldn't say I love Temple. I don't necessarily love any of the teams outside of the six we already talked about. But Temple has a lot of young, talented players that are going to take that next step in this upcoming year. You have Caleb Battle, who was very good coming in from Butler. Damian Dunn, now as a sophomore, he should be in for a very good season. Jeremiah Williams, also a sophomore. All three of those guys. All right, so Tulsa, they come into this season. Uh, you know, not, not a whole lot of hype with this team. I'm you know, not super into them, uh, as I don't think you are, but... Uh, they come into the season uh, off losing Brandon Rochelle, Elijah Joyner. Uh, they bring back Darian Jackson, though. That's a good player to bring back. They have Jariah Horn coming back in, uh, Curtis Hayward the second. So I just kind of think with Frank Haith, this is kind of the reason I'm still kind of buying into them. Like Frank Haith just always finds a way to, like, with less talent, uh, put this rotation put this roster into uh, a situation where they're like the you know seventh best team or eighth best team in the league so like he's good at not having the bottom fall completely out I certainly don't like this Tulsa team but I like them better than like Temple I think is a solid team and I like them better than the Tulane South Florida East Carolina group yeah, I, I think Frank Haith is a very solid coach, but this team finished outside the top 100 of Ken Palm last year, and they lost Brandon Rochelle, they lost Elijah Joyner, and they lost Austin Ritchie, two of which ended up transferring Ritchie to Florida Gulf Coast, and Joyner to Iona. Rochelle went the pro route. Uh, you look at a few guys they bring back, like Keyshawn Embry-Simpson, he needs to be able to take a step up, Curtis Haywood. Uh, They both shot under 30% from outside last year. That's going to definitely have to improve if this team is going to be good. They're going to play tough on the defensive end. They're going to play slow, but they need to shoot a lot better from deep. 30% as a team just didn't get it done. And I don't really see that getting much better. I mean, Jariah Horn coming in from Colorado. He spent time at Tulsa, obviously, earlier in his career. He's going to bring that shooting ability. He could be the best shooter on the team. And then a Juco transfer from Northeastern Oklahoma A&M, Nikita uh, last name that starts with a K. It's a really long last name that I'm not going to be able to pronounce here, unfortunately. But Constant he runs a Stanchunowski. Yeah, cl- sure. He Tough. runs the floor well. Can pass. I think he's going to be a very good player for this Tulsa team. Uh, but overall, this team there's just not a lot there. Yeah, I I don't like the roster. Uh, I like Frank Hates, so that that's where I go. But I mean, yeah, it it's not a great roster uh certainly and yeah they, they're not going to make the ncaa tournament they're not going to make the nit uh the be- the best they can do is seventh in the american and yeah to, to be fair sam griffin from ut arlington 39 percent from deep last year so if that shooting's going to be there for him he could be one of the best shooters on the roster but like still i i don't think that's much of like a a, a game changer he's he's a fine player but I don't think he's going to make Tulsa into any kind of real contender. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, next team up, Pool. Forbes uh, from Alabama. So that that's certainly you know a solid place to start. They have Sion James, Kevin Cross, uh, you know a couple good players there. I guess Jalen Forbes was on the team last year and was, he was actually he good, like but I just can't remember him from Alabama. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Tulane's not great with this. Yeah, team. Two, Tulane's not very good. They do have some pieces that I think could take a jump, like Jaden Coleman. He's a six-four point guard. Uh, Jalen Forbes obviously was really good last year. Devon Baker coming in from UNC Asheville, he was one of the best scorers in the Big South two seasons ago, but he barely played with injuries last year. Uh, a guy like Jalen Cook coming in from LSU, I think, could be a good piece. Scott Spencer from LaSalle can shoot the ball. You know, this isn't going to be a very good team, but there is pieces on the team, and I think Ron Hunter has it going in the right direction. They have a bona fide superstar with Jalen Forbes, like I said earlier, and then if guys like Cook and Sion James and Jaden Coleman uh, are able to take jumps in the right direction, this could be a team we look at maybe next year as being a top-five team in the conference. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of back on that. Uh, yeah, it's nothing special, but hey, there's something there with them. Uh, they're getting better as they go along, which you're either getting better or you're getting worse. They're getting slightly better, and uh, that that's at least good. South Florida, they get worse. Uh, they had David Collins, Alexis Yetna, uh, Michael Durr, and they still went 4-10 in the league. So uh, now that those players are gone, they have Sorrell Smith. They bring back Caleb Murphy, who's probably in for a breakout season. Uh, Javon Green on the roster. But, I mean, still South Florida, I, it's kind of the, the only reason they're uh, not last is because East Carolina is in this league. Yeah, you know, you had DJ Patrick from uh, Triton Community College, Sam Hines from Denver, Jalen McCreary from South Carolina, uh, Jake Boggs from UNC Wilmington. Uh, Caleb Murphy is definitely the best player on the team in my mind. Javon Green should be pretty good coming in from George Mason. But like you said, uh, this team's really not good. They lost pretty much everybody from last year's team besides Caleb Murphy, David Collins off to Clemson, Justin Brown to UAB, Xavier Castaneda to Akron, I believe. Alexis Yetna transferred to uh, Seton Hall. Michael Durr to Virginia Tech. No, Indiana. He was at both at one point in this offseason. To Indiana, okay. He originally committed to Virginia Tech. And then you had Baron Matos from New Mexico. But, yeah, this team would be last if it wasn't for East Carolina. Yeah. And speaking of East Carolina – uh, they lose Jalen Gardner to Virginia, replace him with Winston Tabs and Vax, Vin, Vance Jackson Jr. Uh, they did not win that trade. And even when they had Jane Gardner last season, they still went 2-10. and ten. Uh, They were quite terrible with the exception of the one game where they miraculously defeated Houston. I mean, uh, just stunning. Yeah, probably the, like, from a... How the heck did that happen? How the heck did a Final Four team lose to East Carolina perspective? Like, that might be the biggest upset of the season. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, East Carolina, like, they were 155th in Ken Palm last year, which might be, like, a school record at this point. They haven't been that good in uh, Ken Palm's rankings since, uh, let's see here. Oh, we're still scrolling. Since 2012-2013. So it's been a minute since they've been even respectable, and they were still a complete disaster offensively last year. Uh, And they, again, somehow beat Houston by nine points. It's just an absolute miracle. Uh, Houston had 12 offensive rebounds, which is low for their standards, I feel like. 
And but uh, East Carolina shot 11 for 24 from three. So that's a big reason why they won that game. Yeah. Uh, Certainly kind of a good game they played in that one. Uh, Give them credit for winning that game. Uh, The rest of the season was quite terrible Terrible. and they don't get better. Like Winston tabs is a downgrade from that. Uh, Vance Jackson, I guess he's all right, but I mean, they're they're not good. This is this is a bad basketball team. Yeah, there's not much to say here. This team's not good. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. I mean, Winston Tabbs is fine. Vance Jackson is like 30 years old. Uh, can shoot the ball from deep. He's on his fourth school. Alonzo Frank from South Carolina. Brandon Suggs is coming back. Uh, Trey Robinson White was able to score 15 points against Houston. He had five threes. He's the best shooter on the team. But this team's terrible. I mean, it is what it is. This is a bad team, and they're going to continue to be the worst team in the American for probably ever. Yeah, the, probably ever. Hey, they they might they might be better than South Florida this year. Might. Keyboard. Probably not. They, they, to be fair, they did add Alexis Reyes, a uh, 6'8 freshman who can play the two and the three that I like quite a bit, is able to shoot the ball with good size. So that's, that's a high upside guy that I like. That's a good addition for East Carolina. So, so that that's the kind of guy. If they add more of him, more players like him, they might have a future of being like ninth in the conference. Yeah, which isn't saying much. It's better than where they are. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, ninth in the conference, probably their upside, and they'll probably be much worse than that. I mean, I mean, what's this team's ceiling like? I mean, maybe is their ceiling just getting past USF? Is that their ceiling? Yeah, I, I think their ceiling is just finishing not last. not last in the conference. Yeah. There's not much there. No, there's not. It's unfortunate. Uh, I guess now would be a good time to get into the player of the year race, uh, which I think. No, no East I, I Carolina players. Player of the years. Yeah, no East Carolina players. None, just none. One of the final six teams, get them out of there. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna lead off. I went Amani Bates. Uh, there's certainly I think a good collection of players that could be competing for it. Marcus Sasser, uh, Tyson Etienne, uh, Kendrick Davis. I think are all in contention for it. But I just went with Amani Bates. I think he'll be the best player on the court, uh, the most talented player, and so I went with him for Player of the Year. But yeah, I think you have someone different. Yeah, I went with Tyson Etienne. It was between him, Kendrick Davis, and DeAndre Williams. I just think there's too many players on Memphis for someone to be able to win the conference player of the year on that team. Houston, I also like maybe Marcus Sasser, but I don't know if it's going to be Sasser or uh, Edwards who leads the team in scoring, so I decided not to go there. So I went with the best score on the third best team and who might be the best scorer in the conference next year, Tyson Etienne. The guy can really shoot the ball from deep, a really good athlete, very quick. He's going to have to improve a little bit, scoring around the basket. Only shot about 43% around the basket last year, uh, according to Synergy, their stats. So he needs to finish better around the bucket, but he's a really good shooter, and I think he's going to be a big-time player for Wichita, and he generated actual NBA interest this offseason, so he's going to continue looking to improve his draft stock. Yeah, uh, I, I think Etienne could 
potentially win the award. Yeah, I think it was kind of down to him or Davis by going kind of by your you know, standard. But yeah, I think Etienne's certainly a good pick. Defensive player of the year, I went with Marcus Sasser. Uh, I think he's a good on-ball defender. I am worried about him, you know, potentially kind of taking lesser of a role uh, this season defensively. But uh, I went with him. I think you could go a lot of different ways. I don't think it's anyone not from Houston or uh, Memphis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Your your pick is uh for defense player there. Yeah, DeAndre Williams. Yeah, yeah. So it, 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 Memphis or Houston player had to be one of those. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't DeAndre Williams, it was probably uh, Lester Quinones, I guess. Yeah, you you love his short shorts. I mean, short shorts are a little bit out of style these days, right? No, they're they're back in style thanks to are they Lester though? Lester Quinones is single-handedly bringing them back. All right, let's see then. Let, let, let's see uh, the trend come back, like it's the 1980s or whatever. Yeah, he's bringing it back. Uh, yeah, especially especially now that Memphis is going to be very good. So yeah. Memphis is going to be very good. That is true. Coach of the year, we had the same one. We both went with Wes Miller. And, yeah, I think Cincinnati is going to have a good season. I think Wes Miller is going to win the award. I think no matter who wins between Houston or Memphis, it's, I don't think you will see either one of those two coaches winning. Uh, maybe it's Isaac Brown, but they just gave him the award. So I think Wes Miller is the choice. I think if West Miller gets Cincinnati to the NCAA tournament, it's definitely his award. And I think that's a certain uh, possibility. Not certain. It's it's a real possibility. So it, I think that's where the award will land. There we go. Uh, next up, we have the freshman of the year. I mean, it's the shocker. It's, yeah. Who, who could who could see this one coming? It is, of course, Amani Bates. I'm shocked. I mean, I, I you know, it was a tough decision, of course. Uh, not really. It'll be Imani Bates. Yeah. Or maybe it'll be Jalen Durant. That's. It'll be Imani Bates. Yeah, that's the only potential other one. Yeah, it, it'll be Imani Bates. Yeah. Newcomer of the year. Uh, we had the same one. We both went with Kyler Edwards. Uh, yeah, I think he's a very good pick for the award. I mean, fits this Houston team perfectly. He's able to shoot the ball from outside, and Houston does a lot of that, especially the second-chance opportunities we mentioned earlier. So definitely think that they will be the team, uh, or he will be the player, the the newcomer of the year in the conference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he, he was certainly a good pick. Uh, any Anything else we to add about the American before we sign off here? Uh, I don't think so. I think we covered it all. All right. Perfect. Uh, that will wrap it up for this edition of the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. Uh, leave a five-star review because, uh, as we've shown, if you leave a five-star review, leave the conference of your choice. We will do that conference.
uh, we've we've done three of the four weeks. Uh, so yeah, make make sure to do that. And until next time, uh, we will be back.